Hey, what's up, guys? This is Clint with Baseball Notes, the Strong Mind Sports Podcast, and uh, excited, really pumped to bring this podcast to you here today. And uh, it's just going to be me, no, no special guest today. And uh, this topic is a doozy uh, because it's not too often that we have, you know, crises as uh, baseball families or whatever. But uh, often the first crisis that people tend to face is being afraid of being hit by the pitch. Right. And, uh, you know, sometimes people run into, hey, we didn't we tried out for these teams and didn't make it. But running into kid pitch for the first time, see it a lot at nine, U, 10. Uh, we get 12, 13, 14 year olds still like not very comfortable with seeing like higher velocity. Right. Like first time you go and you got a 15 U tournament and you got some guy that's throwing 90. It's intimidating. Right. And so that thought in your head of, oh, no, I hope I don't get hit by this guy. Uh, can completely ruin your performance, whether you're 9 or 19, right? It's all prevalent. And the big question is, what do we do, right? And there's a lot of things out there that we try that all mean well, and we'll talk on some of those here. But uh, there's five things that I want to share with you today that are extremely helpful. And uh, dare I say the answer, right? And not all of them are gonna just snap your fingers and they, they uh, are all better in an in a instant moment. But I really do believe these are the steps that if your player can follow, uh, they can conquer this and get back to being their confident and good self. And before we get to that point, we've got a couple of things I wanted to share with you. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, it would sure uh, be helpful to me if you went to iTunes, leave a little review, five star. I don't even know if you have to type anything in, but just having that iTunes machine see that people are paying attention uh, really helps me out. And uh, I know for a while I was kind of like, you know what, I don't know if this podcast is something that I want to do or not. And then I've gotten some people that have reached out, uh, not even just review, but just email and said, hey, man, we're really enjoying this. Uh, it's kind of encouraged me to keep going. If you guys are liking this, then uh, I'll keep doing it for you if you're finding value. Um, but yeah, if you have any way of going to iTunes, leaving a review, that'd be awesome. And uh, if on, you're on Instagram or something like that, follow us there. That's always just really helpful. Just drop a like and it helps new people find all the messages. So anyway, if you can do that when you get a chance, I would love that. And I wanted to share a little bit about our season. Right now, as I'm recording this, it's February in uh, 2020. We're playing our 10U season. Just got started with practice. And we've jumped back into, I kind of make a rule every year, first couple weeks to not really coach, right? Because I found, you know, kids kind of come out and just start doing some really wacky things, right? And I'm like, wow, okay, let's address this. And I'm talking all the time. And then the next day they show up to practice and they're not doing it at all. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I just need to let them sort of get it out, you know, for the first couple of weeks. And uh, then we can get back to, to playing baseball and coaching from there. And uh, something that's really sped up the learning curve this year, we're about a week and a half in, is the Mike Brumley hitting method that we use. We do a lot of Mike's drills. Mike is the hitting coordinator for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, if you've been paying attention here, we've been uh, mentioning his, his method that he shared with us. And uh, I just wanted to reiterate to you guys just uh, how good that program is. And uh, last year I, you know, shared it with some people and they're just really enjoying it. And, you know, this year I wanted to make it more of a point of just letting everybody know what's out there because it took a little bit to convince Mike to share his methods with everybody uh, because the drills that are in his 
program are the same ones that he does with his 25-year-old, you know, pro prospects. And he puts them, you know, through eight, nine-year-old boys and girls too. You know what I mean? So uh, the simplicity of it is just incredible. And I got an email from somebody who had gone through the program. And uh, Bucky said, by the way, your videos are some of the best. The hitting one that you compiled with Mike Brimley might be the best I've ever seen. I'm not sure your members realize how good you did with this. Great work. Thank you so much for all you do. So anyway, that email got me thinking. I was like, man, I really got to make sure I'm sharing this with everybody, right? Not trying to come off salesy here or anything, you know, but, uh, but man, I really think you ought to be checking that out. So just the best method that I have found to kind of force kids into proper movements because we try to explain it to them. You know, they maybe do it for a swing or two and then go back to whatever. Uh, but actually kind of forcing these kids into positions with different props uh, has just been killer. And we're already seeing the results come uh, come February. I think we're going to, you know, have a little faster learning curve this year. So excited about that. If you want to check out more, go check out BaseballNotes.com. Uh, click on the program section. It should be around there somewhere. All right. And so the first thing I want to talk about is something that uh, that we've done before, and that's throwing tennis balls at players. And this is something that we do fairly regularly. I say regularly, a couple times, usually early in the season, where I think it's really good to kind of teach players to roll inward. Uh, but I have yet to throw tennis balls at a kid who's afraid of getting hit by a pitch and for that to fix him, right? Like the kids just know, like, oh, I'll hang in here on a tennis ball. And then when the pitcher is up there on the mound throwing hard or whatever, uh, things change, right? So as fun as it is to throw tennis balls at players, I just have not seen that work. And if that's worked for you, reach out to me because, like I said, I've talked to tons of different people and they're just like, well, yeah, we've tried it, but, you know, makes you feel like you're trying, but it's not working. So there are some things that we have had success with. And the first thing that we need our players to understand is that there is no blaming, justifying, or complaining about your fear right? Because what happens is players get afraid of the baseball and, you know, it's not the most manly thing or not the most, you know, courageous thing to say about yourself is that I'm afraid, right? So first off, if you're a player that has those thoughts in their head, like, man, I'm afraid of the ball. Cool. No problem. Do not feel bad about this. This is just kind of part of the process, right? So one thing that does not help the process is feeling bad about it or feeling guilty or embarrassed, right? And it's a totally logical feeling uh, to feel that way. But I mean, we all get it, right? Like I'm recording this podcast at my house right now. And if there were people playing catch, I would prefer not to be hit by that ball, right? Like not wanting to be hit by the ball is a totally logical thought. We can't just allow it to just grow because there's a what, three, 5% chance we're gonna get hit you know, 95% chance we're not, and yet we're prepared on every pitch, you know, to bail out on that like it's 100% likelihood. So we can't let it dominate our behaviors. So rule number one, no blaming, no justifying, or complaining. This is normal. It's all good. And now, point number two, and I think this one is very crucial, is that your fear does not protect you. Because we've all seen it where a player's digging in the box, they're in their stance, the pitcher goes in the windup, they throw the ball, and what does the hitter do? They rock back on their heels or they step out completely or maybe they even take a couple of steps back, right? And they want as far away from that plate as they can get. And again, kind of makes some sense, right? Like, hey, this is where the action is over the plate and I want to back away from that. I want to get away from the danger zone, right? And the problem, like maybe you've noticed this, is that the players who are most afraid of getting hit by the pitch 
seem to get hit all the time, right? Like, how does that work, right? Are they manifesting this? Like, their negative thoughts are attracting the ball to them. Like, what's at play here? And I think something that doesn't get talked about is that, you know, if, if I were about to throw something at you right now, imagine if you're standing right in front of me and I've got a baseball, a wrench, you know what I mean? If you're a dodgeball fan and I'm about to throw this thing at you on the count of three, right? One, two, three, and you've got to dodge it. Like what position would you be in? And so hopefully in your mind, you're picturing yourself almost like a basketball player kind of defending or, or an infielder, right? When the pitch is there, you're on your toes, your knees are bent and you're about to ready to explode left or right. Well, now imagine if you're up in the box and you rock onto your heels because you're trying to get away from the plate. Well, the truth of the matter is the plate is not the danger zone, right? The plate is a safe distance away from you. The danger zone is a ball coming right at you. And now how likely are you to be able to dodge a pitch when you're on your heels, right? Versus when you're on your toes. So what happens is guys who aren't thinking about getting hit, when they have that inside pitch come to them, they're on their heels. Boy, they can turn real quick. They can kind of jump or maybe, you know, kind of do whatever they need to do. But when you're on your heels, you're kind of a dead duck. And I think a good visual is like if you're a third baseman, right, and there's some guy that's, you know, really been turning on the ball, hitting ball hard over there. Imagine if you're on your heels, like picture your toes up off the ground when this guy hits a rocket at you, right? And the ball is probably going to hit you in the leg or something before you're able to dodge it because you just got no athleticism. And so we think that moving away from the, from the plate, from, you know, backing out is actually going to help us, but it's going to put us in a bad position. We're less athletic. We can't get out of the way. And especially if we step open with our front foot, now we might get hit in the chest or the face or something like that that could really hurt versus just something glancing off our backside. So regardless of how you feel, you've got to keep those feet in there. And so that brings me to point number three. And what we need to do is work on a progression, right? And so like if you're afraid of heights, we wouldn't just take you to the Empire State Building and, and kind of hang you over the edge and have you look over, right? What we would do is we would have you climb a ladder and you get on the second step. And then maybe day two, we get you on the third or fourth step, right? It's kind of called uh, exposure therapy. And in baseball, we need to do the same thing. And so every time that we're out there at the plate, we want to get a hit, right? Whether we're feeling good, feeling bad, like the hope is that we're going to get a hit right then and there. But whenever we're working through something, we kind of have to have that big picture in mind of, listen, like, I'm going to have a better season if I can address a problem in these next few at-bats or these next few games, right? Like I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of success here in this moment, conquer something that's going to help me long-term, and it's going to be far better off, right? And so what we need to do is we don't need you to be up there on day one, you know, feet still in the box to stop stepping out, and I'm going to have you take an aggressive swing, and you're going to drive the ball in the outfield, and in the snap of a finger, you're going to be, you know, best player on the team. So what we need to do is we need to keep our feet still. First and foremost, if we're a person who's rocking back, who's stepping back, who's kind of just feeling their, their weight kind of moving all over the place, number one is keep your feet still. And we had some players on our team that have dealt with this. And I said, look, you don't have to swing. And I almost prefer you not to swing, but you cannot step out, right? Like there's no air that gets under your feet. Like I do not care if you swing. You can take all three strikes up here up the plate. 
but I need you to see, I need to see you make some progress with just keeping those feet in there, right? Like take a, take a pitch, like I'm not going to be mad at you. And that has been able to help kids because what tends to happen is like you tell them that like, hey, just keep your feet still. And so what I've seen them do is that they're going up there and they have good intentions or keeping their feet still. But then they've got other things, right? Like they're trying to read a pitch and they're, they're thinking about whatever and they kind of forget that task number one was to keep their feet still. And so they're up there trying to hit and have this at bat. Well, well guess what? They're back to stepping out again because they kind of forgot the rule. So let's kind of take all of that at bat out. And all we're focused on is keeping those feet still. Okay. And once we're there, now we can go ahead, get that stride in there if you need to. And now you can kind of get, uh, get your at bats going. But until you can feel comf uh, comfortable and confident keeping those feet still, we really can't do anything else. So rule number three is we got to work on progressions, right? Rome wasn't built in a day. We've got a lot of years of baseball and softball ahead of us here. So start with the progression and work your way up. Just be patient with it. And that goes for players, parents, and coaches, right? All right, and tip number four is to smile and take a deep breath. And this seems like the biggest no-brainer. You're probably like, okay, Coach Clint, we'll go ahead and get to tip number five now. That one doesn't help me at all. But literally smiling and taking a deep breath changes the way your brain processes any given moment, right? Because our minds start to really start to spin out of control, right? Think of a tornado that's just turning and turning and turning and turning, and our fears are just starting to get in the best of us, and our body's starting to tense up, and now we're wanting to jump out of the box just to bail, right? Because we feel like we're in a fearful situation. But just smiling and taking a deep breath sort of slows that tornado down, right? Like it just sort of slows all that circulation and we get back to like a more normal level to where it's like, you know what? I'm on a baseball field here or I'm on a softball field and it's a nice day and it's not a life or death situation right now. So just don't underestimate the smile and a deep breath. Okay. And one thing that can really help yourself, this is something John Osaraf, who's like the best brain science guy going that he recommends is to have sort of a mantra uh, when you're in the on deck circle or somewhere else, breathe in the confidence and breathe out the fear. <sighs> right. D I'll say it again. Cause this is a big one here. Breathe in the confidence, breathe out the fear and a deep breath right there, right? And so this works on a couple of different levels. Like it literally soothes the circuits in the body. And then that brings us to tip number five is to replace those thoughts, right? Because whenever we have a mantra or something like that, breathe in the confidence, breathe out the fear. When you have those words going on in your mind, you don't have as much time to think about all the negativity, right? And so having something that you focus on, it's breathe in the confidence, breathe out the fear, or I've got this, I'm the best hitter on the team, that type of thing is just so powerful. I can't express to you enough. If there's one thing that you can't, we would get out of this podcast is how powerful your words are. And one story I like to share, you guys may have heard me say it before, is uh, Lanny Basham. I interviewed him once. He's a uh, Olympic rifleman. He was a uh, gold and silver medalist back in the 70s, I believe it was. And uh, anyway, he would train in Arizona. And so he would, you know, have his targets and rifles and, you know, do all his training over there. And he flew to Switzerland for the world championships. And so they get to Switzerland and the weather was a snowstorm. OK. And so he gets out to the, the starting line or wherever you call it, the range. Uh, forgive me for the rifle people out there for having the language uh, all butchered here. But 
he's out there and there's kind of a time element, right? Like you got to shoot 60 shots in a matter of, you know, a certain amount of minutes and the snow is just pouring down. He's looking through his scope and he can't even see the target. He's like, okay, well, I'll kind of wait and hopefully this, you know, dies down or whatever. And then to, to the right and left of him, he starts hearing uh, shots being fired and the Swiss riflemen were shooting their shots. And he was like, oh, my God, like, how can they even see right here? Like, what are they shooting at? I don't even understand. And so he's starting to panic because at first he thought there might be a delay, you know what I mean? But seeing that other guys are going to shoot, he realizes he is also going to have to shoot. And so he looks back through his scope and he notices that whenever he focuses ever so uh, strongly that you can kind of see the bullseye between the snowflakes. It's there for every just little fluttering second, right? And so he takes a deep breath. He's like, all right, I'm going to have to do this. So what does he say to himself? Does he say like, oh, man, I've never done this before. Gosh, I don't know if this is going to be ideal for me. The Swiss guys practice this all the time. That is not what Lanny said. He said, I am the world's best shooter. I love shooting in the snow. Nobody shoots better in the snow than I do. I'm ready for this. I've got this. And guess what happened? He won the event. And Lanny, I don't want to say he's never shot in the snow before, but he's never shot in those conditions. And to be able to have that effectiveness um, in that environment just speaks to how well uh, your words uh, matter, right? And one more story. There was a player who had gone through the Bulletproof Hitter program, and uh, his dad had reached out to me. They were trying to get some college scholarships and things like that. And anyway, he was a great practice player and uh, a great shortstop. And whenever he would get into games, he could not go to right field, right? You go and practice, you throw that outside pitch, bang, he's hitting that thing to right field all day long. But, man, outer half, which is where 80% of all pitches are being thrown, uh, he's rolling it over. And so they're like, man, I just can't – I don't know what's going on. I can't hit the ball to right field. And so I thought of the Lanny story, and I told him about it, and I was like, look, start with this. I am the best hitter on the team. Nobody hits the ball to right field better than I do. I crush the ball the other direction. And just see how that goes, all right? So I want you to repeat that over in your mind again and again and again when you're in on-deck circle. Like, be like a robot, right? It sounds crazy. Maybe you don't want to tell people you're doing it, right, because it sounds so weird. But over and over in your head, I crush the ball the other way. And so they had a big tournament. It was like some perfect game deal uh, coming up. And uh, his dad texts me. He goes, like, yeah, he, they have a game at, I don't know, 10 a.m. and then one at noon, something like that. And then I got a text at about 1030, and he says, first at bat, line drive over second baseman's head. And I was like, no way. And he's like, yes. He goes, like, unbelievable. So all anyway, all of this to say that you have to replace those negative thoughts, okay? Just because you have a thought that's in your head of like, oh, I'm scared, I don't want to get hit, oh my gosh, all these things, just replace it, right? Like, I'm confident, I'm safe, I'm, I'm protected here, right? Like, that's one of my son's favorite words, because he's gone through it before too, is I'm protected, I'm safe, right? And one more little bonus tip that to go on top of that is to kind of walk it out. Because oftentimes, it's kind of like the monster under the bed. Like, we're afraid that, uh, you know, we're going to get hit by a pitch. But, you know, so what? What what would happen? What will you do if you get hit by a pitch? You don't disintegrate and just like, you know, the Wicked Witch of the West kind of like fall into the, the, the dirt up there at home plate, right? Like, what happens? Well, okay, I'll get hit, and I'll drop the bat, and I'll jog over to first base, and, you know, it's probably going to hurt a little bit. I'm like, okay, well, how long will it hurt for? 
and well, um, you know, maybe like a minute or two. And it's like, okay, well, so like a couple minutes after you get hit, how do you think it'll feel? You know, um, I mean, probably, probably okay. Uh, maybe I can still feel it, right? But I mean, if you sort of walk it out, because the same thing happens every time, right? Like a kid on our team gets hit and it hurts, right? Like it doesn't feel great in that moment, but like maybe it was a glancing blow. Maybe it got you pretty good. And maybe there's even a little bit of tears. That's fine too. Who cares, right? But by the time you get to first base and, you know, they give you a little, the umpire gives you a little bit of time to sort of walk it off, whatever. And I'm putting the steel sign on like right away, like most people. And then, so you just got hit by a pitch. The thing that is destroying your performance just came true, right? And three minutes later, you're standing on second base and uh, life has moved on. Right. Like like it's not this big. Oh, my God. What if what if what if it's like, well, so what if so what if you know what I mean, like what's going to happen there? And so when you walk that out, sometimes that can be helpful to be like, you know what, like worst case scenario is not that bad. I can't let this just, you know, completely destroy my uh, at bats because I'm afraid this is going to happen. Right. Because it's not that bad in the first place. So in conclusion here, I wanted to talk a little bit about confidence versus courage, because going up to the plate confident is what we all want, right? But it's really difficult whenever we're having negative thoughts or we haven't had a good performance or we're afraid of the pitch to go up there and feel confident, right? Like I've got a hoodie I'm wearing right now and uh, it's zipped up and I'm holding onto the zipper and I'm confident that I can zip this zipper up and down, right? Like, okay, yeah, I can do that. I'm doing that right now. Zipped it up, zipped it down. And that's confidence, knowing that something is capable for you. You kind of know what the outcome is going to be. But courage is something very different, right? Courage is going up to the plate and not knowing what the outcome is going to be and being a little bit nervous about it, but doing it anyway, right? And so what we need in this moment is not confidence, right? So like everybody's kind of sitting there and they feel bad because they don't feel confident. And they're like, well, if I don't feel confident, then I'm not going to be able to hit the ball and just things aren't going to work out for me. And maybe tomorrow I'll feel confident, right? But confidence is not what we start with, right? We have to start with courage and courage does not feel good, right? Like that is the biggest thing about courage and confidence. Confidence feels good. Courage does not because you don't know how things are going to turn out. And that's an uncomfortable feeling. But you have more courage than you give yourself credit, right? Like if you're having some negative thoughts, you've had some, you know, you've had some worries, you've been hit in the past and you don't want it to happen again. Cool. I understand that. But be courageous and go up there and trust that you can do this, right? Like go through these steps, smile, take a deep breath, go through your progressions, keep your feet still, you know, breathe in the confidence, breathe out the fear, have your mantras, whatever that is. And look, going through there, if you're not feeling super confident after doing some of these things, that's totally understandable. But come up there and be courageous and know that you can do it. I can stand up here and keep my feet still, right? And then we'll go from there. So I just want to encourage you there and just make sure that you're not feeling bad about yourself. If you're feeling uh, afraid of the pitch, a lot of times this sort of goes away on its own. But I think we can dramatically speed up this process by really paying attention to, you know, what's going on in our mind and by controlling our body, by going through these progressions and things like that. And uh, far more effective than throwing tennis balls at people, at least in my experience anyway. And if you have any good advice, I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, at Baseball Notes, uh, pretty much on all the socials. Uh, don't do Twitter. Twitter's kind of a 
world where people just sort of bang on you a little bit. So uh, Facebook and Instagram I like. And uh, anyway, yeah, you can email me, Clint, at baseballnotes.co, and I uh, would love to hear from you. So anyway, hopefully this is helpful. Again, you're going through it. No worries, man. This is a, this is a temporary deal, and uh, you're going to get through it, man. You're the most confident hitter on the team. Don't forget that. So all right, guys, we will talk to you next time.